The combined effects of the stars and of Jupiter appear to determine the main statistical features of the orbits of comets. The Interplanetary Podcast. The exploration of space for the benefit of all mankind. Your hosts here in London, Matthew Russell and Jamie Franklin. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, or... I loved your pronunciation then, Jamie. I thought, I thought that was literally much. perfect. Yeah. Um, but for the rest of the show, because it's easier and I'm English, I'm just going to say it the wrong way and just be really, like, you know, laddy about it. Like when you go into a foreign um, <laughs> restaurant and you just shout that you want chips and only fools and horses on the telly. You mug. You absolute mug. Hello, Matthew. Oh, hi. It's been a long time. How are you? I've, I'm good. Thank you very much, Jamie. Yes. Well, it hasn't been a long time since we've spoken, but since it's been a while since we've done our last pod. Yeah, it's been that? a little bit of a while since we did our, our little poddy together. I'm excited about this one. It's only going to be a little one because I just thought it'd be quite nice to talk about the Oort cloud. Oort cloud. We, I think it's time we ought to do it. Oh, good, good. Uh, yeah, have we ever talked about? I don't know. Think you think it's been brought up? Me and you? It's been mentioned on podcasts, but we've never sort of talked about it in any depth. Depth is one of the right words. I mean, the distance is involved. Oh my! About two hours ago, I was on the tube, and you sent me a text uh-huh. about the Orc Cloud podcast that we're doing right now, and I went into a deep dive on YouTube, and the the distances that I just wasn't quite aware of in our solar system irrelevant of the of the distances involved in the universe which no one can comprehend but talk about non-comprehending your own solar system my god i know well in fact we, we talked about jan ort and he was really the first person realized that the solar system was much bigger than the solar system in other words the solar system stretched out to an mm. unimaginable size these regions occupied by more than just planets, you know, it just keeps going out and out. And so he realised that there must be something going on beyond the Kuiper belt. It's so crazy massive. Big, isn't it? Imagine the Earth is one AU away from the sun. Yeah. So that's 93 million miles or or thereabouts. Astronomical. That's a long way. And that is the distance from Earth to the sun, roughly, the average distance. Well, the Oort cloud goes from 2,000 AU out to 200,000 AU. <laughs> it's, it's, it hurts my head a bit, definitely. Yeah. So that's roughly 15 trillion kilometers. So we're going to get on to um, LPCs later, long period comets. Do you like that, Matt? Yeah, um, I do. I but, do like But yeah, another yeah. statistic that I saw in this video was talking about how some of the comets are so big in their orbit that the last time that they came into our orbit was before mankind was even here. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, but that 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 long period comet thing's really really interesting because it? it's it's yeah long period comets. Halley's comet, for example, yeah. comes round quite often. Well, when you say quite often, weirdly, Jan Ort might be one of the only people that has seen Halley's comet twice. Wow! So he saw it when he was ten, and saw it when he was a lot lot older as well. Beautiful, which bright. is. However, Halley's comet is not. Well, actually, 
I'm almost about to say it's not from the Orkow, but it's it's the type of comet that you'd expect to have come from the Kuiper Belt. In other words, most people think that it comes from the Kuiper Belt. That that's what because it's it's too short a period that the Halley's comet. Whereas long period comets, that their orbits have to be longer than 200 years. Right. But it might be that Halley's comet used to be an Oort cloud comet grabbed by the Kuiper Belt. <laughs> it's 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 a little bit uncertain where Halley's comet came from. But yeah, comets like the classic C forward slash twenty twenty F three Neo Wise. Stop it. And of course that was that was around in twenty twenty and was spotted by Neowise. That is a uh Oort cloud comet, or pretty much that's what everyone thinks. Same with C nineteen ninety five O one Hail Bop. I mean it just rolls off the tongue. Exactly. That's how Jan Oort really realised that there must be something out there because there's all these long period comets and he was thinking, well, I can track all of them back to this kind of peer- this kind of region of space. Yeah. So there must be loads and loads of things out there, these icy bodies. And do you know what they're called, these icy bodies? Uh, I don't hit me. Planetesimals. Love that. So these are little tiny remnants of what's left over from the formation of the solar system. Beautiful, isn't it? And that's actually one of the Mm. reasons why he said that there must be this cloud is because the other ones that are kind of from the beginning of the solar system would just be dead by now. And so what's going Mm. on? There must be a place in our solar system that these are coming from rather than it just being Mm. things whizzing around. Um, Yeah, but again, the distances, just absolutely insane. I think these comets, of course, they don't necessarily come from the Oort cloud. So some of these comets right, might yeah. be planetesimals that have been stolen from other... Other stars. O- o- other stars with their protoplanetary disks, etc., mm-hmm. etc. So there's lots of cross-pollination between different areas of the of the galaxy. Mm. And it, what, what's crazy about it is that the, the Earth's... Earth, Earth, like the Sun, is going round the galaxy. It's in orbit around the centre of the galaxy. But it's also going up and down through the disk in a kind of up and down direction as well as around the disk. And as it goes through the as it goes through the spiral arms, that um, sort of very long cycle tends to um, nudge comets out of the Oort cloud, and they crash on Earth. And the evidence for that is the fact that the crust gets loads of these radioactive isotopes and actually the crust building happens sort of at a, a faster rate during these um, periods where the Earth is theoretically going through one of the Milky Way's spiral arms. Yes, that's and that so, nuts. So, so, so there's actual evidence for that. Uh. There's actual evidence, geological evidence, the fact that, that there's almost certainly as we go through the spiral arms of the Milky Way, it, and this happens every 200 million years, we, we sort of go through one of these periods where we'll get slightly more comets raining in from the Oort cloud caused by this kind of extra dense area of space. Space isn't really that empty. Mm. There's lots of things going on. And by the way, no one's actually seen the Oort no, cloud. No, no one's seen it. <laughs> it's, and it's, it's almost impossible right now for us to ever conceive about going there, Right. Yeah. With our technology yeah. and, you know, we, we can't do anything about that. But can we study, mm. um, can we potentially study any of the comets that have hit Earth? 
that we can potentially place there. Is that something we can do? As comets hit the Earth, and of course some of these comets are extinction level events (laughs) when they come from the Oort cloud. That's why I guess it's kind of good to know the Oort cloud because you've got these, to understand it. I mean, we're quite we're quite fortunate at the moment, Jamie. We're quite high above the the plane of the galactic disk, so we're not really sort of in trouble of going through one of these spiral arms. No. So the chances of having the Oort cloud um, disturbed is quite low. But of course, the, these there are trillions of icy objects out in the Oort cloud. There's trillions of no. them. But this this area of space is absolutely enormous, so they're nowhere near each other. It's not like you would go out to space and be able to feel like you're in a in a in an asteroid field or yeah. anything. They'd be so far spaced out because this is a vast area of space. But there are trillions of icy objects out there, and they're barely held by the sun. Aren't we talking? Can be, like the, the, we talk, the gravity must be so low. Millions of kilometers apart between each other in the cloud. Oh. Oh yeah, millions upon millions of kilometers between yeah. each icy object and there's trillions of them. For some for somehow though, they've managed to kind of work out what the structure of the Oort cloud must look like. So it it seems to be in two bits. Mm-hmm. And I guess they've done this from the maths and the fact that Jupiter and the sun are obviously the two bodies in the solar system that are affecting the Oort cloud the most. But nearby stars, etc., like Proxima, they must be affecting them as well. But on the whole, the the Oort cloud seems to be divided into a spherical outer Oort cloud and then a disc-shaped inner Oort, Oort cloud. So you've got this... Would you like me to give you the names? Yeah, go on then. Yeah. You've got the Hills cloud, mm-hmm. inner, and then you've got the outer Oort cloud. So that inner, yeah, that inner Oort cloud or the Hills cloud is just like the rest of the solar system. It's 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 still in a disc shape. Mm. But by the time you get out to the outer Oort cloud, which I mean, by the way, it's almost like they're completely two different regions of of space mm. because the outer cloud. Well, let's let's take the Hills cloud. That that goes from two thousand to twenty thousand AU, right? So that's that's an enormous region of space. That's mm. 2,000 times the distance of Earth to 20,000 times the distance of Earth. Mm. And then the outer cloud is 20,000 to over 100,000 AU. But the outer cloud is, is spherical, so that, that's like it goes around because it's not it, it, it's managed to escape the kind of gravitational pull of the Sun and Jupiter in, in, in the way that keeps it in a disk. So it's a lot more, you know, it's a, it's a lot more random and therefore yeah. more spherical than the than the inner cloud Beautiful. so that's interesting so that's interesting it is the, the comets that are raining down the long period comets come from that area and that's kind of why they know that it uh, must exist right but but they're so it's so loose their their connection to the sun it is really easy for any nearby object nudge them and push them towards Earth and and kill us all. Do you remember what the name of the star that was um, hypothetical star that was supposed to be out located somewhere in the Oort cloud uh, that caused mass extinctions on Earth? Because there's mass extinctions on Earth happen in in sort of quite good period periods, as in it they happen in a in a cycle that is seems cyclical. In other words, regular patterns of of extinction events on Earth. 
and it was thought that this star, do you remember what it was called? Do you know what it's called? I can't remember, no. Well, it's the name of the rival band to Broadsword. And it oh, was, no uh, way. Uh, yeah, yeah they, they stole our bass player. It was a band called Nemesis. Oh, my God. And they truly were our nemesis. Damn. Jamie. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so Nemesis. one gig and then they stole your bass player? Yeah. That is cruel. It was cruel. So Nemesis, um, yeah, that was, that was the name of this hyper, hypothetical star that they thought was out there Damn. causing these causing these comets to come down and every now and then. So uh, like a star in orbit around our star that could be nudging these um, comets down. Um, but there's no evidence. There's literally no evidence to support that hypothesis. There was also another hypothesis. You know, as you go out through the solar system, we kept finding things like, you know, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, you know, why not another gas giant out in the uh, Oort cloud called Tyche, they were calling it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but there's no, there, again, literally no supporting evidence that, that that is out there. We are not alone. We are not alone. So often people say, oh, the Voyager 1 spacecraft has, has left the solar system, right? That is now hey. the furthest human-made object from Earth. And it will reach the Oort cloud in guess how, guess how many years it'll take to get to the start of the Oort cloud. <laughs> oh, I'm going to say 50 years. 50 years? That's actually not a bad guess. It's actually 300 years. Oh, that's long. And, n- now, and then how long now, would it take to get to the other side? Get to the, the other cloud. side of the Oort, yeah. Get to the other side of the Oort cloud. 30,000 years. <laughs> so that's how big that is so like we talk still about in our solar system yeah i mean and bear in mind what voyager did in my lifetime it, you know it went through the entire solar system went past jupiter went past saturn went all the way out to pluto and neptune and and uh, you know it's actually not pluto went out to you know neptune and uh and and beyond and uh, went through the heliopause and everyone considers it as leaving the solar system but it's not even it's not even a twentieth of the journey, or a thirtieth of the journey to blooming the start of the Oort cloud. Christ, what a slow coach! That's particularly nuts, isn't it? That's particularly He's bonkers. Damn. So, yeah, the, what do you think? What do you think the Oort cloud's made out of? Oh, uh, I reckon it's big, big old icy, big old icy things. Yeah, quite similar. Is it quite similar, Matthew, to uh, the rings of Saturn? Um. Yeah, I think the rings of Saturn Although are bit, really bit very water in in Oort. No. Ooh, I I don't know. Yeah, I think they are because they're planetesimal, so they, they they'll be pretty big size. Mm. Like the comets are big. These are they're big big old things. Comets. Yeah. Like that's why they're so devastating if they hit. Mm. But yeah, it, it, it it's mostly water, ammonia, and methane ices. Mm. So it's it's a bit toilety, if anything, a bit yeah. scatological out there. Perfect for this <laughs> podcast to cover. Yeah, it's yeah. So it's it's a bit like it's the planet. It's it's a bit like the solar system went for a wee out, out into in the. Look, in the we've outer... all, we've, we've all we all do it, you know. We'll go, hmm. go, go. The fact that there's this enormous kind of structure that's part of our solar system, yet we can't see it, I think says a lot about how 
absolutely enormous the solar system is. Yeah. It's, well, do you remember years ago you sent me a video that blew my mind? I still watch sometimes called Let's Talk About Size. <laughs> and um yeah and not not that one not, but the other the space one, re- the, the space one that, related the one, one that i can talk about and i'm not yeah, yeah, yeah. a therapist about um <laughs> yeah this is about uh just just going from earth outwards mm. and it's just oh oh my god and then it ends with the video talking about how long it would take a fighter jet to as fast as it could go uh do a diameter of like the biggest the biggest <laughs> just oh my god <laughs> But um, but yeah, this is insane because this is what we perceive as being close to home, relatively speaking. Definitely not yeah. close. And so we've got uh, we we've got this absolutely absurd solar system that we 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 haven't even started to explore. Really, mm. like if you if you consider the Oort cloud as part of the solar system, we're we're not even close to anywhere nearing exploring it yet. We're mm. we're, we're we're hundreds of years away from exploring it yet. It's it's tiny and insignificant compared to the size of the galaxy, which in some ways is tiny and insignificant compared to the size of the the universe. Correct, and I quite or the like observable universe. Observable universe, yes. And I quite like that it's a cloud and not a belt. There's too many belts in this solar system, isn't there, Matt? Yeah, it's about time we have belt. more clouds. <laughs> yeah, well, you've got the asteroid belt, the Kuiper belt. belt. Matt's leather belt. Yeah, exactly. You're, you've got a black belt. I mean, I'm fed up of hearing it. <laughs> if only. I only got to orange belt before my knee broke. Ouch. But I suppose the, the hills cloud is a bit of a belt, isn't it? It could be called the Oort belt and the Oort cloud. Yeah. We'll have to see what Jan thinks of that. I don't think Jan's got any opinion nowadays. The poor old dude died on the 5th of November, 1992. I was about to ask you, is he still alive? Damn. No, no, he's we not. We could have he's asked not... him to be on the pod. No. Oh, God, I mean, ha- having Ort on the pod would be amazing. The great, The great thing about Ort is that he was taught by Jacobus Captain, who, re- who is another Dutch astronomer. Really? And you think he was born in 1851. So he comes from one of those, he comes from the early era of astronomy. So that that kind of... Like, obviously, Jan Ort has students, and and you think that Amazing, direct line between between like astronomers, and it's like, yeah, I knew him, and he knew him, and he knew her, and he knew him, going back, and it, and it's not that it wouldn't be that far back back to um, Galileo, yeah, for example, standing on the shoulders of giants. They are standing on the shoulders of giants, and uh, Jan Ort of. Uh, and Capitan were very um, influential when it came to the fact that, that the galaxy itself is rotating. They came up with the evidence for the fact that the galaxy is rotating. Mm. So Beautiful. Yeah, Jan Oort is considered one of the greatest astronomers of the 20th century. I love it. And, I absolutely yeah. love it. Love the Dutch. I'll be back in Amsterdam at a dance event in October. I'm going to go to a bar whilst I'm there. And raise a glass to. Oh, Mr. you should. Ort. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you should do. You should try and I find out. Statue anywhere. He should, I, I wonder. Should have. He really should do because he's. I mean, he must be an absolute legend. In, in I mean, I'm sure he's not from Amsterdam. Maybe he is, but I'll have to find out. He's actually from Le- Leiden, Leiden uh-huh. South, which is a South Holland. But he is in Dutch. I, I'd imagine that he. Um, 
there must be a statue he's a southern boy just like me yeah that's what i mean yeah so if any of our listeners know is there a statue that jamie can visit of jan ort yes jan ort I'm happy to go out of my way to visit some kind of homage and, um, you know, pay my respects. Maybe mm. look up and how could I replicate on, how could I replicate an Oort cloud in Amsterdam, Matt? Maybe I could buy a load of, like, ice pops <laughs> and just get Yeah, just, just go in winter and, and, and throw running yeah. around me. Just go in winter and just get people to throw snowballs at you. Perfect. I'd love that. Here's, here's the thing to think about. The Oort cloud goes out to about 200,000 AU, right, which is 3.16 light years from the sun. In other words, even if you're traveling at the speed of light, it's going to take you three years to get to the edge of the Oort cloud. Mm. And Proxima Centauri is currently only 4.2 light years away. Mm. So if Proxima has a similar sort of structure or cloud around it, surely they're interacting with each other. Because you, you, you're like three quarters of the way to the nearest star. The solar system itself stretches out three quarters of the way to the nearest star. So is it widely believed that there are multiple Oort clouds in uh, you know, the neighborhood of most stars? Uh, yeah, I think the hypothesis is that every star system has an Oort cloud of some description, yeah. Got it. I, be I believe that that is, that is the case. I mean, obviously there'll be some that don't, but there'll be a reason like it was stripped by some catastrophic event like a nearby black hole or or supernova explosion or something like that. But yeah, I, I think the, the hypothesis is that every star in our galaxy has an Oort-like cloud and and they extend and overlap with the neighbouring stars. So there must be an, a lot of mixing of materials between the stars through their Oort clouds. And then through their Oort clouds, of course, that means that those comets will rain down onto inner planets and so there'll be mixing of materials from other star systems into the planet, in, into the inner planets as well. So there's likely material on Earth that has been deposited from other solar systems. Are you telling star me systems. that we're playing a form of panspermia buckaroo? That does play into panspermia a little bit. That you can have this kind of interaction between stars and their Oort clouds and mixing of materials for sure. So there's a small chance, Matt, that I, Jamie Franklin, could have been born out of the result of a comet from the Oort cloud. I, I, I'm just thinking, I think probably everyone listening to this podcast right now is there'll be some, some bit of them some bit some bit of their like some atoms within within them maybe even some molecules within them have been made in other star systems whoa it would be interesting to know what the percentage of your body mass yeah. was made in another star system what so percentage we could of do your that with atoms? like ancestry with your dna swab where it says that you're 30% irish um could you do yeah. that with solar systems yeah, I yeah, you, you're thirty percent Proxima Centurion. Oh yes, I doubt it's thirty percent. It's probably something <laughs> like one billionth of Imagine a percent. That. 
But every, yeah, so, it came back as everyone being 0.01% and you, Matthew Russell, were 35% Proxima Centauri. Yes. So I wonder how much of the... There must be the water on Earth as well must be somehow contaminated because a lot of the water that's on Earth came from comets. So those comets could have come from the Kuiper Belt, they could have come from the Oort Cloud, and if they came from the Oort Cloud, they could have come from other star systems. So the water on Earth must be awash with the evidence of where that is. Damn. Where it's come from. So eventually, I guess these clever scientists will work out exactly what happened and where we're from and, and what happened They're when They're always and chipping how. away. They're always chipping away. We probably left the, the listener with, with more questions than answers, <laughs> but it's... Uh, As is the way. I mean, that's what we Yeah. Do. You know, this is a very quick rundown. You know, it's just a chance for us to grab a few seconds on it, Jamie, and, it and chat ought. It was chat nice ought. to chat ought. And whilst you've been talking about I've been Googling the Dutch word for amazing, which is what I thought this episode was. I'm just going to see how to pronounce it. Hang on. Verbazing Vekend. Verbazing Vekend. That's why I think this podcast was. Verbazing Vekend. Verbazing Vekend. Right, well... Any uh, Dutch uh, listeners out there, could you rate me on my um, pronunciation, please? It's going to be terrible, Jamie. It's going to be terrible. (laughs) I feel like I've, there's some. I'm hoping that we have some sycophants listening. Did you? Uh, by the way, Captain, yeah. Captain, the teacher of Jan Ort, was one of the first people to suggest the existence of dark matter Oof. in nineteen in 1922. A really hundred years on ago. A hun- hundred years ago. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine and what he we died been in, up to a hundred years ago. He died in Amsterdam. I feel like. I'm going to as well one day. Hopefully not this year. But <laughs> You're I not feel gonna... like that's where I'm going to die. Please don't, please don't die in Amsterdam. No, I'll try not to. I really do my best not to, but I feel like that's not a bad city to go in, you know? You know, Jamie, and I know, we're going to <clears throat> die on the surface of Mars as, as pioneers. Well, I was, I, I'd love that, but I'd love it more if I could die on Europa. Wow, I just and get I just, what I'd like Jamie, is some just... kind of drill accident, like that you're <laughs> that you're manning the drill, and it's like Jamie, uh, if you got you know press the red button, and I press and the blue, and then it's always just gone. That's it, done. Out into the ether. I like to think that you're going to get swallowed by whalians. Oh yes, there'll be stories that are similar to Jonah and the whale. Yeah, except it'll be ja- Jamie and the whalian. They'd be making Hollywood blockbusters about my story. I'm going to write a children's book called Jamie and the Whalian. I think you should. Yeah. Can I illustrate it? On that note, <laughs> you can. Uh, I was going to get AI to write it and illustrate it because that's that's what happens these days. No, I mean, um, you certainly can get them to write it, but I'll uh, I'll get my colouring pencils out. I'll, I'll send you the rough draft later. Uh, Jamie, okay. mm. how many stars do you think... when? The sun was born in like a in a stellar nursery, like yeah. a, you know, one of these little stellar nurseries out in space, big ball of dust where mm-hmm. loads of stars are born. Like if you look out to uh, Orion's Belt mm-hmm. and see M forty two there, one of the nearest stellar nurseries. The star was born in one of those stellar nurseries, and it, 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 it's likely that it comes from a cluster of stars of about two hundred to four hundred stars, and this Oort cloud. 
if if it really does exist, the Oort cloud, that it's just evidence that that really is almost certainly true. Damn. So yeah, one thing I want to throw back at you is is do you think that the formation of our star is similar to when they make candy floss at fairs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with all the dust being gathered around a big ball? Yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's kind of similar. I, not Does as tasty it though. As good. No, because it's it's like it's got ammonia and <laughs> bloody ammonia in it. Nuclear it's def- fusion is so boring, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't even uh, taste good. Light and heat. Light doesn't. and heat though is pretty cool, isn't it? Let's be yeah, honest. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Light yeah, yeah. and are heat. You, are you looking forward to Oppenheimer, Jamie? Am I ever? Let's do a special. Oh, so Jamie, shall we leave it there? Shall we leave, leave a little, min, little uh, mini episode little there? Mini and, and Thanks for having me as always. Hope everyone's all right. Um, yeah, and if you, yeah. unfortunately, we were supposed to meet up for this episode, weren't we, Jamie? Yeah, but I just, uh, but we just, we the just didn't. Cloud it. conspired against us, and it didn't happen. It, but it will happen again soon, and um, maybe my audio will be a bit more like yours. Yeah, yeah, because Jamie's stuck at work on his laptop. Yeah. So unfortunately. We've been unable to uh, bring you high-quality audio. But, but hey, you know, we've got the point across. It's what we do. First world Swap. problems that I don't have a condenser mic in front of my mouth. You're just going to have to lump <laughs> At all times. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Um, Jamie, thanks very much for, for, for being here for me. And uh, I'm going to say bye-bye to this podcast. Watch this. Say goodbye to them. Bye! Bye, Spot Cut! See you soon, bye.